Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. Seven years after my last sit-down interview with Donald Trump, we met again yesterday at Bedminster in New Jersey. No topic was off the table. The interview lasted just over an hour. We talked about the indictments against him, the impeachment inquiry against President Biden, whether he and President Biden are too old for the office of president, Anthony Fauci, his relationship with his wife, Melania, and so much more. The president subjected himself to tough questioning and credit to him for being willing to take on any topic. I would love to see somebody do this with Joe Biden. I would love to do this with Joe Biden, but he would never do it, right? He wouldn't. We all know that. Uh, So credit to Trump, who knew that it was going to have challenging questions and sat and willingly answered all of them. After the interview, I'll give you some behind the scenes insights that you're not going to want to miss. But here is part one of my interview with former president Donald Trump. I'll tell you who the unsung heroes of COVID are, the frontline workers, of course. But what about those business owners who hung in there and paid their employees? If you're one of them and you paid your people, you could be eligible for up to twenty six thousand bucks per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. This is not a loan. These are government funds that don't have to be paid back. All types of businesses, including nonprofits and churches, can be eligible. You need to apply now, however, because Congress may pull the funds. CovidTaxRelief.org has helped tens of thousands of businesses just like yours and secured over 500 million bucks. Unlike others, they charge nothing up front. They do all the work, share a percentage of the cash they get you. You did the tough thing for your employees. Now let CovidTaxRelief.org help you get up to 26 grand per employee. CovidTaxRelief.org. 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 Mr. President, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. All right. So let's start with the impeachment news. Yesterday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said that the House is going to begin an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Um, I know you were supportive of it. Some people believe this could do for him with Democrats what the indictments did for you with Republicans rally support around him. Do you think there's any risk of that? Look, he's a horrible president. Our country is going to hell. Uh, whether it's impeachment or not impeachment, this man is destroying our country at the border. He's destroying it economically. Inflation's way up now. You see what happened just today. Uh, that's up to them if they want to do impeachment or impeachment inquiry. I didn't ever, never had an inquiry. Nancy Pelosi, crazy Nancy, said, we're going to impeach him. They didn't do inquiries. They went out and they voted because they had the votes. And as usual, everybody votes, you know, for the Democrats. It's a little bit easier. They didn't have Mitt Romney's of the world. And that's really nice because now he's not running today, as you know, he just announced. I think that's great for the Republican Party, for the country and for Utah. But uh, that's going to be up to them whether or not they want to do it. I have no idea whether they will or not. Uh, We do have a lot of other things, but it's quite important. And they did it to me. And had they not done it to me, I think, and nobody officially said this, but I think had they not done it to me, and I'm very popular in the region. You know, they like me and I like them, the Republican Party. Uh, perhaps you wouldn't have it being done to them. And this is going to happen with indictments, too. They have fake indictments. And I think you're going to see that uh, as time goes by. You're going to see uh, Republicans, when they're in power, doing it. And it's a shame when that happens. I'm not in favor of that, but that's what's going to happen because that's human nature. Mm-hmm. Would you do it if you became president again? Turn the indictment table? Well, on I the would dance? think about it differently. I, I would have never even thought of doing it, but now you certainly have to think about it differently. It doesn't mean I do it, 
because I think it's so bad for the country. Yesterday, President Putin of Russia used this as an example of what a rotten country we are, that they go after their political opponent. And other countries are doing that too. Other countries that don't like us are doing that. They're saying it's the biggest story. They love it because it makes us look very bad. It makes us look very bad. And they're fake indictments. There's Fannie Willis and all of these people. These are all fake indictments. And uh, I don't know how much my polls have gone. I was doing well before this, but uh, I don't know what impact it's had on my polls, but we're way up above the Republicans and we're way up on Biden. Well, let's talk about the allegations against the Bidens for a minute, because yeah. this was something you tried to raise when you ran against Biden in 2020. Uh, I watched you at that presidential debate right. try to raise these very issues that the now, now the House is investigating. Right. Why do you think that didn't gain traction? Well, it's different when it's a Republican doing it and a Democrat. The, uh, the press is fake news. I think I'm very proud of certain things. I've shown open borders. I've shown crime. I've shown a lot of things, but I've also shown that the press is fake. And if I say something, even if it's true, they don't want to talk about it. You know, it's really what they don't talk about more than what they talk about. They don't talk about things. You know this better than anybody. Uh, I brought it up at the debate. Chris Wallace, who, who tried awfully hard to be his father, but he hasn't got the talent. And what happened, Mike Wallace, who was great, who interviewed me actually in 60 minutes. He actually gave me a, probably the only good interview he's ever done, meaning a nice interview. He liked me and I liked him. He was a... He was a tough cookie, but he was good and a total pro. But Chris will never be that. But at the debate, he was moderating. And I said, what about the mayor of Russia's wife? He's the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, you have the mayor of Moscow, him, married to a woman. He passed away, left her a vast fortune from being the mayor, okay? I mean, this is a nice way to make money. And she gave three and a half million dollars to Biden. And I brought that up during the debate, and Chris Wallace said, this has nothing to do with anyone. Well, now it's the biggest subject. Everyone's talking about it. And now they go back to that debate, and that debate's getting a lot of, uh, of look-see. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that they didn't do it. Chris Wallace should have never done what he did. He tried to stifle it. I mean, literally, I was like debating two people. I was actually debating one and a quarter. I would say Wallace would be one and Biden was a quarter. But he was just standing there. But I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave him three and a half million dollars. I want to find out why, what did he do to earn this money? Tried to raise and that. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. You tried to raise China. You, you tried China. to raise the laptop. Yeah. You got shut down. Everything. Uh, they didn't, they didn't want to discuss it on social media, got banned on Twitter, the New York Post, all those stories. Let me shift gears and ask you, now that Joe Biden's in the office, um, there was just a poll out. 77% of Americans say that Joe Biden at age 80 is too old to be president. Are yeah. they right? No, not not for the reason of old, because I have many friends that are in their 80s. I have friends, Bernie Marcus, that are in their 90s and they're sharp as a tack. Just, I mean, I would say just about what they used to be. Uh, no, not old. He's incompetent. He's not too old. He's incompetent. And... Uh, Age is interesting because some people are very sharp and some people do lose it, but you lose it at 40 and 50 also. Uh, but uh, no, he's not too old at all. He's uh, grossly incompetent. You look at some him, of the great. Age. You look at some of the great world leaders. They were in their 80s, and they did. I mean, Churchill. So many people. Uh, they were phenomenal in their 80s. You know, there's a great wisdom if you're. If you're not uh, in a position like him, but if you go back 25 years, he wasn't the sharpest tech either. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis has come out to say that 80-year-olds shouldn't be president, that uh, if you're the nominee, the GOP will lose age as a cudgel to use against Joe Biden. Does he have a fair point? Well, if he's the nominee, they'll lose because he's a lousy candidate. So, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather take on the age issue. Uh, I feel I'm physically extremely good. I feel, I feel the same way I did 40 years ago. I mean, I feel as good as I've ever felt. Uh, athletically, I'm just about as good as I ever was. I, you know, do certain things. I play golf. I win club championships. Of, and I beat people that are 25 years younger than me. I hit the ball just as far as I ever... I actually think I hit it a little bit further. But uh, just at this club, there's a big club with a lot of good members, a lot of you good must players. Have good genes, Mr. President, because you eat McDonald's. I know you love chocolate. You love the Diet Coke. How are you doing that? How? Well, it's really a parental thing, much more so than I, th I you know, I believe in the racehorse theory. Uh, fast horses produce fast horses, you know? I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit about your parents. My parents were very good. They were very, they lived to an old age. Uh, my, uh, my father was, he lived old. He lived into his 90s, well into his 90s. And my mother uh, lived quite a life. Mm. Um, okay, let's talk policy, immigration in particular. Uh, as of late, recently, we've seen several Democratic lawmakers speaking out after their cities, including New York, but many yeah. others, are overrun by the influx of migrants who have come to the country illegally. They want federal money. They want uh, President Biden to fast track work permits for these people. They want mostly for these migrants to go elsewhere. Right. What should be done about this problem? Well, they're going to have to talk up because no country or city or state is sustainable doing this. You have thousands of people. I was in New York. I saw on Madison Avenue, these magnificent shops, Madison Avenue, Fifth Avenue, the greatest. Madison Avenue, thousands and thousands of people. And they're sitting on the street. They're not even on the sidewalk because there's not enough room on the sidewalk. And you have these beautiful stores that are paying a lot of rent and they have to sell luxury merchandise and that goes to the city in form of taxes and all these other things. And they're not going to be able to stay in business. The money that's being lost in these cities, Chicago, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so now you have the massive crime problem and it's vast in Democrat run cities. On top of that, you have the migrants or the illegal aliens, many different names, but the illegal aliens pouring in, going into the cities. And it's sad because the mayor of New York, he knows that it's a very horrible thing and they're afraid to take on the Democrat party. You know, it's very hard to take on the Democrat party. Look at RFK Jr. They're not giving him the vote. I mean, they're saying you have to get a, a vast number of votes in order to even qualify. They're making it impossible for him. You know, they're essentially rigging the election, which they're very good at. So, uh, how do you get them out of there? Like you, you take over as president. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to have to move them out. Look, this is not sustainable by this country. So I think the number will be at the end of the year, 15 million people. It's not going to be 3 million, 2 million. I think it's going to be 15 million. But the truth is we have no idea because they're pouring in. Also, they come from prisons. They come from insane asylums. They come from mental institutions. And there's vast numbers of terrorists. I saw just on uh, one of the shows during the weekend that in uh, 2019, that was me, we had no terrorists come in, no terrorists. They knew that they couldn't come in. We were very tough. Zero. It actually said zero, yeah. which is shocking because yeah. I'm sure a couple got in. And then I see over the last couple of years, it was large, hundreds and hundreds of terrorists coming in. But I noticed in 2019, it said zero 
I don't know if I even believe it myself, yeah, but it showed that. you that we had a tough policy. And now it's hundreds and hundreds of terrorists are coming in. Thousands and thousands of prisoners and people from mental institutions are pouring into our country. And this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. When you look at New York and you look at the streets and the people that can't even walk on the sidewalks, they're taking up the schools. We're going to educate people that don't speak a word of English. I mean, our students have enough problems, but we're, they're giving them cell phones. You know the amazing thing? Everybody has a cell phone. I was watching yesterday and there are hundreds of people sitting on the sidewalk and these are illegal immigrants and they all have cell phones. And I say, number one, how did they get the cell phone? Number two, you have to pay your bill, right? Who pays their bill? Mm. But every one of them, they're all looking at the cell phone. They're making calls. And they just came over the, uh, over the border illegally. Now, we had a very strong border. We had the strongest border in history. We had the lowest numbers, the best numbers in history. And it wasn't easy. We built 500 miles of wall. We were going to build another 200 miles. It was under construction. Would have been done in three weeks. And they stopped it. We had a rigged election, as you probably heard, and they stopped it. They stopped this from being built. Well, they could have had that. it done. Let's they talk. could have had it done in a period of three weeks, and they stopped it. But regardless, can I, can I ask you about that though, because that that is one thing that your critics say would have helped to keep some of these migrants out. A yeah. wall. Oh, so sure. Whatever happened with that? Because well, we built what, it. What Border Patrol says is we only added 46 no, miles. Oh, so we, okay. You, okay. you said you're going to do a yeah, thousand. Border Patrol doesn't say that. Who says that are Democrats when they drive. So, you have let, hundreds let just, of miles. Let me set up the numbers. You tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, go ahead. You, in 16, you said that there was going to be a border wall up, up across about uh, 1,000 miles. Yeah. And you I don't know if I said 1,000, but I said whatever. I mean, it's 2,000 miles long, but we have rivers and we have You, you have, barriers. of the 2,000 miles, you need it on five to 600 miles because you have rivers and and desert, you have a lot of different bad conditions. So they said when Barack Obama left office, we had 654 miles covered, and that you were going to get us to 1,000, and that you only added less than 50 miles of wall. Okay, ready? Go you, you go. So what they say is that if there's a board lying on the ground, a two-by-four, that was there for 50 years and sitting there rotted, that that was a wall. And that when I added a brand new wall that went up 30 feet and it's solid steel, concrete, and rebar, that that was not a wall because that was just a renovation. So what they do is they call it a renovation. If there are boards sitting on the ground, if there are nails, if there's steel sitting on the ground, there's no wall. But if it used to be a wall like 30, 40 years ago where they had just a fence because there were no walls, they had just like a little low fence or a barrier so that cars couldn't come across and it was rotted and laying on the ground, they don't give me credit for a wall. But they do actually, because if you look at the numbers, they say, I built almost 500 miles of wall. I built almost 500. Uh, some of that was wood laying on the ground that we took away, threw away, and we built a brand new wall. So what they're trying to say is that we built 50 or 60 miles of wall because there were 50 or 60 where there was never anything. But any wall that was there was uh, decrepit. It was gone. It was rusted. It was rotted. It was laying on the ground and we would actually just take it away. Then we built a, you know, a really incredible new wall. You know, the wall that was built was built to the specifications of the Border Patrol. I was gonna do concrete plank and they said, you have to be able to see through, you have to, you know, and they wanted steel, not concrete, and they wanted inside the steel concrete, and then they wanted rebar inside that, so it was a complicated thing. And it was built to the highest specification. I didn't wanna build something that all of a sudden they say, you know, it's no good, you can't see through it or something. Mm -hmm. And we built almost 500 miles, and they admit that. 
But what they try and do is they say, oh, there was wall there before. It wasn't wall. It was a board laying on the floor that might have been a wall years ago. And it's, well, now it's a President very Biden's selling off. He's selling off the materials that, no, it's you, terrible. Had, that you had allocated for new wall. Well, but, just but so this... you know, so I built almost 500 miles. Then we were going to add 200 miles. We thought we were going to yeah. easily win the election, but the election, uh, bad things happened. So what happened, including COVID, you know, COVID gave them a way of cheating. So what happened is I was going to add another 200. We would have had 700 miles, which is really a good number. You needed 500. 700 would have really closed it up. After we built the almost 500, we were going to add another 200. Everything was bought. All we had to do is lift it up and do it. And they actually carted it away. I yeah. said, you know, these people Selling really want to have open now. borders here. Um, you also said recently that if you're reelected, you would send special forces and, quote, other military assets to Mexico to stop the drug cartels. The Mexican president is very much against this. You're going to start a war? Well, he's a friend of mine. He's a great guy. He's a friend of mine. He's a socialist, but you can't have everything. And I think a lot of him and he thinks a lot of me were friends. And uh, he said the same thing happened to him. He had a rigged election years ago. He said the exact same thing happened to him. Uh, no. Uh, I didn't say that. I Somebody said I said that. And actually it was met with great applause, if you want to know the truth. They said that I said that at a meeting. So you're not going to use the pet. I'm not going to say what I'm going to do. I mean, I may do something. Something has to be done. Look, we're losing, I think, 300,000 people. Okay, but let me ask you, I, I get it. And, and I see to yeah. you that there's a serious problem that, that's no, affecting We're losing more Americans. money than if we were actually in a war. But, but. Not money. A lot of the Money Republicans and are saying lives. they're going to do this. We're losing more lives. If we were in a war, we wouldn't be losing because I believe the number is 300,000. But we can't have a war with Mexico. Uh, no, it's a war on cartels. Mexico's petrified of the cartels. The cartels are running Mexico. But if we send our troops across the southern border, you know better than I do well, that I the Mexican president, sending, if he doesn't like it, yeah, we're in a war. I know, but well, I'm not too worried about that war. Uh, no, Mexico is sending their troops into our country in the form of illegal aliens that are killing people, in many cases, that are uh, causing lots of disease and lots of problems. You know, they're coming in. I had the medical, uh, I had the medical barrier that they, Biden dropped. I had every barrier you could have. Even the judge said, are you sure you want to drop this? I don't think you should drop this. This is a terrible thing. Are you, the judge actually said that because- Title 42? Yeah. yeah. Title 42. He said, he said, you can't drop this. He's telling them. But it expired six months later. He said, well, if it's expired, but you don't want a ruling. The judge didn't want to do it. He said, you're going to destroy our country if you do this. These people are destroying our country. And, and you know, it's amazing. You say, why? Somebody said the vote. I said, they don't need the votes. They cheat. So they don't really need the votes. And the votes would be in a long time from now. Okay, you know, they become citizens, but, you know, they'd use them anyway. But it's not that. They actually must want to destroy our country. We have millions of people coming through. We have people that are sick. We have people, massive numbers of people from jails. They're emptying out all the jails in South America. Now, they're emptying out all the jails all over the world now. They're coming in from all over the world. This week, we had 129 countries represented of people pouring into our border. Yep. 120 coming in from the north. Most too. people don't know you have that many countries. You actually have much more than that. Mm -hmm. But we had 129 countries represented where people are coming into our country. Some of these countries, we don't even have people that speak the language of those countries. We don't even know how to teach it. And then the kids end up in our classrooms 
and they don't speak English. Right. That's right. It's a terrible situation. Let's talk about the they kids are, in birthright. Megan, they're destroying our country. Birthright citizenship is an issue that yeah. a lot of people have raised sure. as uh, as part of the problem. Uh, people come here, they have a baby just so they can stay. Uh, you've said that you will end it by executive order if yeah. you put back in the White House. But putting aside the legal questions around whether that's possible. Some people say you can't do that. Some people I, say you can. Some I'll people say you can. Um, but you made this promise back in 16 and then you didn't do it once elected. And yeah. then as president, you kept saying you were going to sign an executive order on this and you didn't. So lawyers, why should people believe you now? Because the lawyers didn't want me to do it because the lawyers were saying you have to go through a whole big thing all over the country. You need votes of every state and everything else. Uh, I would do it. One thing I'll say, when I look at the way Biden had just signed these executive orders on student loans and on everything, knowing that you can't do it, knowing it's going to be overturned, I'd rather get it through Congress. And we were working to get something through Congress. Uh, so crazy. Somebody comes in. If they put one foot on our land, you have to take them. They have a baby. Congratulations. The baby becomes a citizen of this country. Then they have chain migration where the baby then brings in the whole family. The whole thing is crazy. So uh, the lawyers wanted to go through and the politicians wanted to go through and get this approved through Congress and actually go through the states. That's how bad it is. Birthright citizenship. A lot of people say you have to go through states. And I'm not taking an opinion because I don't, do this, I don't want this, I don't want them using this in court. I happen to disagree with them. And I would have done it. I was getting ready to do it. And then COVID came in and we had bigger problems. But now you say you will sign an oh, executive I'm order. Do it. I will do a, an executive order. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about COVID. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time in well, May... I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant. So I yeah. couldn't technically... The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way, you yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus. Task you think force, so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Well, presidential I wouldn't commendation. Have done it. One went I know. off the mark. Somebody Miller, probably too. handed him a commendation. He probably, but let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with that all being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of the respect because of COVID, but he was respected. And on COVID, if you know what I did, I let the governors run their states. And many of the governors uh, opened up their states. Some of them didn't. Florida, that, by the way, true. Florida, by the way, was closed. Uh, but if you take a look at Henry McMaster, he had his state, uh, South Carolina, open. Uh, you take a look at uh, South Dakota. Take a look at Tennessee. A lot of the states were not closed. And I allowed, it's the federalist system. I allowed the governors to do that. I also allowed Democrat governors to do that, but I don't think any of them, none of them did it. Uh, Wouldn't you like to go back and try to clip his wings? This guy was pushing mask mandates on us. He wanted the most extreme measure at every turn. Okay, look, I'm not one that blames a system that if you're civil service or if you have some other protection that you can't get fired because I've done things that are 
a lot worse than that. You're big uh, on the firing. So, so yeah, I fired a lot of people. <laughs> I fired Comey. And that was one of the great firings. I fired Comey, and then I fired a lot of other people in the FBI, and they were great firings because the deep state, and they were at work, and they were not good people. Uh, but I wasn't, I was not a big fan of Fauci. If you look at Ron DeSanctimonious, he was, this guy said the greatest things. I can give you articles that, well, Fauci's great. He's wonderful. We love him. We don't do anything without Fauci. This went on for months. But he didn't listen to Fauci. He did 100%. Look. He shut down Florida I will for a give month. you. He shut down Florida. For a month. Oh, he shut it down for a lot of long. He shut down the beaches. He shut down the roads. He shut down a hospital. He was shutting down everything. He also had long lines of people getting the jab, as he called it. Let's all go get the jab. The guy tried to change history in Florida. Now, eventually Florida was open, but a lot of these other governors didn't shut down at all. South Dakota didn't shut down. McMaster, South Carolina, didn't shut down. Tennessee, there are states that didn't shut down at all. They probably did the best job. But Ron DeSantis was on a, under a lot of pressure, especially given the population, the age of a lot of Florida's I'm citizens. Not saying, I'm not trying to, to blame anybody, okay. but he should say, I closed it down. Eventually we opened it, but I closed it down. But I gave him the right to keep it open if he wanted to. I let the governors make the determination as to whether or not to close it down. But let me ask you this, because this is the number one question. I asked my audience, what would you like me to ask President Trump? Okay. These are your fans. Okay. This is the number one question they wanted me to ask you, that you shut the country down for six weeks in spring of 2020. Operation Warp Speed. Excuse me. Rushed right? through. I didn't really. Well, let, me, let, me, I, let me ask no, their no, question. But Megan, this I is let, my audience's I question. The, I got to get I know, it out. But I let the governors shut down. Some did and some didn't. Okay. Some didn't shut down at Operation all. Warp Speed, though. Yeah. That was on the vaccines. They were rushed through. They have helped but also hurt a lot of people. And your White House actually supported mask mandates. So wouldn't you like a do-over on any of that? Look, when this came in, nobody knew what the hell it was. It sounded like an ancient, you know, pandemic. You thought that was from 200 years ago or from 1917. We never thought you'd have a pandemic. Nobody had any idea. We got word that bad things were happening in China right around the Wuhan clinic. And I was the one that said it was in the Wuhan clinic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, stayed, I stuck with it. And it was. It was absolutely. It came out of the Wuhan clinic. But you take a look and... What we did was, we, this was brand new. Nobody knew what the hell it was. There's dust. Somebody said there's dust coming in from China and it's killing people in Italy and it's killing people in France and it's going to kill people here. And by the way, I shut it down to China. That was a big move. I saved thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives by doing it. But honestly, nobody, I don't blame a lot of people because nobody knew what it was. Now we do understand it somewhat. Nobody really understands it even now fully, but nobody knew what COVID was and it wasn't even a name. I called it the China virus. I still do. I call it the China virus. It came out of China. You know, they call it COVID and COVID-19. As far as the vaccine's concerned, uh, you had the original COVID and the vaccine had an impact on that. And mm -hmm. there are some people, I will tell you, some friends of mine that are Democrat, I think they voted for me, but they're Democrat, very smart people, top people. They say, you know, I don't understand one thing. Why don't you talk more about the vaccine? It was one of the greatest things you've ever done. Now think of that. They say to me and I say, I'm not gonna talk about it one way or the other. First of all, no mandates. I don't want mandates. I never had mandates. Florida sort of had a mandate because they were giving the vaccine. They were demanding everybody take the vaccine. That's another thing.
but no mandates, no anything. I didn't demand anybody take it. But I have people on the other side, I don't, not my side, although probably there's some on my side too. They said, you saved 100 million people because I got it done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. A lot of people- You're say, proud of it. No, I'm not proud of it. I'm saying what Democrats think. Democrats- yeah, I get it. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm I'm not, not somebody I'm who not, denies some of the good yeah, that the vaccines yeah. did. I, I lived through that too. But yeah. of course, a lot of people have been vaccine injured. And that's one of the questions. Those people are mad that they were rushed through and that they can't sue. Well, I never gave mandates and people have to make up their own, you know, make their own decision as far as I'm concerned. Now, some places had mandates, very strong mandates, uh, largely Democrat governors and probably some Republicans, et cetera, et cetera. But there are Democrats that say, why aren't you talking about that? It's one of the, they really believe strongly. One said, you say, and this is very smart people. They said, you saved 100 million people worldwide. Uh, in 1917, you know, they, it could have been as much as 100 million. It ended the First World War because all the soldiers were dying of, of this horrible disease of 1917. You know, it actually ended the First World War. The soldiers were dying. They were on the lines. They're fighting and they're dying of this horrible disease. They said, you might have saved 100 million people, 50 million people. Why aren't you talking about it? I said, I'm not talking about it. But what I did do is I got something done for that specific thing. I also got Regeneron and I got a lot of therapeutics done, which were great. I also got the robes and the leather and the rubber and all of the different things, the ventilators. Mm -hmm. We did a tremendous job and it's never, you know, they appreciated what I did with the economy. I got a lot of good marks on economy. I got a lot of good marks on a lot of things, rebuilding the military, getting rid of ISIS. Uh, the biggest tax cuts in history. Uh, Supreme Court. I never got, I think, the credit that I deserved I, on COVID. And I'll tell you the way I look at it. It came in and nobody knew it was. We have to put ourselves back then. I had a meeting and we had a lot of professionals in the Oval Office. They say, sir, something bad is happening in the world. I said, what's that? And they said, people are dying. They're dying in China, in this area, and there was pictures of body bags all over the place, black body bags, satellite pictures, and they were all over. I said, that's strange. And then they'd have a next, another meeting the next day and the next day and the next day. And all of a sudden they had something where the first person died in the United States and then another, yeah. and then it died. Then they started dying all over Italy and all over Europe. Nobody really knew what it was, Megan. I hear you. Uh, let's shift gears and talk about trans and women's okay. rights. In 2016, you said that Caitlyn Jenner, who is trans, could use the women's restroom at Trump Tower. Uh, you allowed biological men to compete in the Miss Universe pageant at the time, which you owned. A lot has changed since 2016. Have you? Yeah, well, issue? I have, but, but look, uh, I knew Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, this was, and this is very much like the same subject we just talked about. This was brand new. Yeah. Okay. This is a brand new subject also. There's a lot it of- It hadn't exploded. A lot of the, it, well, it hadn't exploded. I mean, nobody talked about it really. And so they're saying, what do you think? And people say, yes, use, no use. Um, but I'm the one that wouldn't allow it in the military. That was a big move. I wouldn't allow it in the military. And I went to generals. I say, general, let me ask you, do you like it? the real generals, not the ones you see on television, not the Millies of the world. I went to the real generals. I said, what do you think? And they did not like it. They did not like it. They didn't, nobody wanted to go public with it. It's a very hard subject. I ended it in the military. Now, since 
this character got in, he's allowed it in the military. You know, part of the problem is you'd have to take massive amounts of drugs. In the military, you're not allowed to take drugs. And you have to take massive amounts of drugs. So right there, it should not be allowed. But I ended, I took a lot of heat. No matter what you do there, you're going to take heat. You understand? Yeah. But, yeah, but how I do you feel? Caitlyn Jenner, did, did, was how do you she allowed? Now? Should, was she should allowed biological use? men who say that they're trans be allowed in women's restrooms and women's locker rooms, women's prisons, women's spaces? Yeah, uh, my, my stance on that is really pretty much uh, what I had in the military. Uh, I think it so has no. to be. Huh? No, they yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, I, that's my stance. I mean, that's been my stance. Um, I may have allowed Caitlin. Caitlin's Caitlin, right? Uh, I knew Caitlin as Bruce. I knew Bruce, and you know, Bruce was a great athlete and a very handsome person, very handsome guy. And all of a sudden, Bruce is Caitlin. I said, "What's this all about?" This was a brand new subject too, just like, uh, just like we talk about. You know, the pandemic was a subject that nobody knew anything about. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew anything about it. It was all uh, early. You make a decision, and you make the decision very strongly. No, I get it. Look, I, I myself have changed a lot on this issue yeah, I have, since I 2016. Have. I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to figure out whether you have, in fact, reversed on it. I don't think I've changed. I think I've just, you know, at the beginning, it was such a small subject. Nobody really thought about it. Uh, but then with time, you change. I really, where I probably took the hardest line was on the military. Yeah, that's true. Well, but what about the children? That's become an issue now. Should children be provided with access to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones yeah. when they're minors? Yeah, I'm so against it. First of all, many of them, I heard like 62%, when they grow up, when they're older, they're saying, who did this to me? Why did you do this to me? Second of all, the parents have to make the decision. You know, they're trying to give it to school boards and schools and things to make a decision. It's unbelievable to think, you know, I talk about mutilation sometimes in my speeches. We will stop the mutilation of children. And then I'll stop and I'll say to the people in the audience, I'll say, can you imagine that I'm talking about we're going to stop mutilation of children? Yeah. But that's what it is. It's the mutilation of children. And we will stop the mutilation of children. Ten years ago, you wouldn't even, nobody would ever to think, think of it. I am telling people, because I guess I'm a politician, whether I like it or not, uh, as a politician, as somebody that represents a lot of people, I'm telling people that we're going to stop the mutilation of children. Who would have to say a thing like that? Yeah. You'd think it would be automatic. Would you, so would you be in favor of a ban then on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for minors? I, I think yes, 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 yep. I would. Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, 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 think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No. No, although they'll come up with some answer to that also. Someday, <laughs> I heard just the other day, they have a way that now the man can give birth. No, I would say uh, uh, I'll continue my stance on that. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the criminal cases. Okay. In particular, I'm interested in the obstruction case, the obstruction. Um, some argue that criminal or not, you behaved irresponsibly with our national security documents. <clears throat> For example, we've all now heard the audio tape of you, post-presidency, showing third parties some sort of document that you're describing as secret. Allegedly, it was a Department of Defense Mark Milley plan to attack Iran. 
Now, this was at a meeting right here at Bedminster, where we are now. You later told Brett Baer in an interview that you had no document that day, only newspapers and magazines. But we hear you on the tape. We hear you saying, quote, look, this was him. This was the Defense Department and him. It's highly confidential. This is secret. This was done by the military and given to me. As president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. This is still a secret. Now, why would you describe a newspaper article as highly confidential and still a secret, saying as president you could have declassified it, but now you can't? Let me just tell you something. Number one, I did nothing wrong because I come under the Presidential Records Act. Uh, The fascists who are going after me and they're not going after Biden, even though he has about 10 times more documents, maybe more than that. He has documents going back 40 years or 50 years. We did nothing wrong. I come under the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to have these documents. This was done in 1978, and this was done for exactly this reason. I'm allowed to have these documents. The other side didn't even mention that. They don't even mention the words Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act is very important. Bill Clinton took out in his socks, it's called the Socks case, where a very respected judge very liberal judge, but a very respected judge, uh, ruled in favor of Bill Clinton that he was allowed to take these very important documents, conversation with conversations with world leaders, took it out in his socks, and they found them in his sock drawer, and they call it the socks case. Uh, other people, too. We come under the Presidential Records Act. Now, who doesn't is Mike Pence doesn't because he was a vice president, and he has a much higher standard. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't because he was... I mean, he was a vice president at the time and he was a senator. He's got thousands of documents as a senator. And even I watched a couple of uh, Democrat senators say very strongly, there's no way he took that out from the skiff. He's got documents and he's fighting them like crazy. I come under the Presidential Records Act. It's a very simple thing. Number one, it's civil. It's not criminal at all. These these fascists and these Marxists and these people that are dealing and they leak and they're disgusting people. They're horrible for the country. Uh, We have a deranged guy named Jack Smith who's been overturned at the Supreme Court a number of times. And he gets overturned. You know why he gets overturned? Because he goes too far. They don't even mention the Presidential Records Act. This is all about the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to have these documents. I'm allowed to take these documents, classified or not classified. And frankly... When I have them, they become unclassified. People think you have to go through a ritual. You don't, at at least in my opinion, you don't. But it's even beyond that because the Presidential Records Act allows you to do as president, only as president. Now, the other people that we talk about, including Biden, he wasn't president. So what he did is a different standard and he should have real problems. They really should be talking about that, not about me. I did absolutely nothing wrong. Okay, but let's get to my question. Why would you be holding up a newspaper saying this is still secret? I'd have to I look at it. I could declassify it if I were look, president. I would have not. to look at it. But that's what well, you told I could Brett have Baird. De- you told Brett Baird that that was a newspaper. I could have or a declassified. Magazine. No, I also told Brett Baird, as I remember, I don't know, it was a long time interview. Will you tell uh, me what were you I waving told, around? I in also that told Brett Baird that it wasn't a classified document. What were you waving around in that meeting? Because it certainly sounds like I'm not like going to talk to you about that because uh, that's already been, I think, very substantiated and there's no problem with it. It hasn't been substantiated. Jack Smith says Megan, it was let me just tell you. Let me and just you told Brett Barrett. Let me tell you. Here we go again. I'm covered by the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to do what I want to do. I'm allowed to have documents. 
The Presidential Records Act is civil, not criminal. That's true. In any way, it's That's civil. True. And I'm covered by it 100%. Can I ask you what you mean And this mean shouldn't even be a case. Now, no, and I, it I'm should not, be I'm a case. I'm not trying to come at you criminally. Of I'm course, trying to of say, course you are. But listen, no, no, I it should off be a case. Megan, let me just tell you. about the criminal. This should be a case for Biden because he is not covered by the Presidential Records Act. This was, I guess, started because Richard Nixon kept documents. So did many other presidents. And so did presidents after. Bush kept documents. Obama kept documents. They all had, in fact, of all people, of all groups, the New York Times wrote a story. The only power that NARA has is to say, please, 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 Mr. President, can we have these documents? The National Archives. Okay. Now, they may be able to sue you civilly, not criminally. They may be. They don't even have that power, probably. But they may be able. But so listen, I get all the that. New York I, Times. I get all wait, that. But the, but the obstruction case isn't about that. The obstruction okay, case says, so, you, they okay, they, so even if you had the right to the documents, once you get the subpoena, you got to fork them over. The you subpoena ready? said, give us anything with a Are classified marking. Go ahead. This is just like the Mueller stuff. They create a fake crime, and then they say you obstructed. This is a fake thing that they've done. And then they say, it's always obstruction. They say, oh, he obstructed, he this, he that. And you know what they call obstruction? When you fight them. When you fight them, they call it obstruction. So they create a fake crime because there was no crime because I come under it. I don't want to sound boring to all of your many people. I hope you have a lot of people. You will. But you know what? They create a fake crime. And they did that with Mueller. They created a fake crime, a terrible fake thing that took two years. And then they said, all right, that's fake, but he obstructed. Uh, that's what they do here. They have a fake crime and I didn't obstruct anything. Okay, next. Well, that was my question that, you know, even if I think they're accusing me of a fake crime, if I get a subpoena, I have to comply. I used to practice law for 10 years. I've, you, gotta, I've, you gotta comply, I you gotta fork over the documents and then fight. I have been complied with everything. I have given more documents and they came in, they raided Mar-a-Lago, probably illegally, okay? Mm -hmm. And we'll find that out. They took documents that they weren't even allowed to do, but they took documents. They took everything. They, they I found have a, documents. I have, with and, and I would have given it to them. You know what? We had a meeting. I said, "What do you want?" And instead of doing that, because they're doing this for political reasons, the reason they're doing this is for election interference. But let me just say, I and I don't dispute that, frankly, but. The question is simply, your lawyers signed a certification saying they had turned over everything that was responsive. Then when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, they found documents that were responsive that had not been produced. Mark Classic. I don't know what the timing is. Again, I'd have to check That's the time. That's it. I don't know. I just don't know the timing. All I know is I'm allowed to have those documents. But, that, but once you get a subpoena, you have to turn them over. I know this. I don't even know that because I have the right to have those documents. So I don't really know that. Uh, these are... Democrat fascists that are there to interfere with an election. And frankly, you can't say that they obstructed when they create a fake crime. So ready? In Russia, 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 it was a fake crime. At yeah. the end, they said, oh, well, that's not working. But he obstructed because he fought us. So they create a fake crime illegally. By the way, illegally. The dossier was fake. Everything was fake. Yeah. And then they say, I fought them and I obstructed. This is the same thing. They have a fake crime. There is no crime. In fact, it's civil. It's not criminal. That's true. And so they're they, saying that's why they, they say espionage act to make it criminal. Oh, they make it espionage act like it's something we'll like, be here all day like the Spanish all. Armada is going to raid us. And look, the espionage act of 1917 has no impact on this. I am covered 
A hundred percent. I got it. There's a dispute one, about that, about whether the presidential... No, just, just so my audience doesn't... I don't think there's any dispute that I'm covered under the Presidential Records Act. Well, you're covered, but it's not clear that it allowed you to take all those documents. You can't say... It, every says, CIA, it says what it says. You're so allowed. And Do you believe that every CIA document that came to you as president was automatically yours to keep no matter what? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question well, so because... So that's the dispute. No, no because I think it's clear in the document. The Presidential Records Act was a very complex thing that took a long time to do, having to do more with Richard Nixon because he kept everything. You know you know that, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. And they said, we don't want to have this anymore. So they did this. And these thugs and deranged people, they didn't even mention that. They never mentioned that. They never talked about that. They never said, gee, the Presidential Records Act, do you know they don't even mention it? And everybody knows. Yeah, that's right that I'm covered by that. So you can't have obstruction when they create. And we had that in uh, Mueller. They created all of these phony deals and phony documents and they, the dossier, the fake dossier. And after it was created, it was all created. Then it was shown to be phony and I won. But then they say, oh, it was phony. We did things illegally, but he obstructed. He obstructed because he, he hid this or he said something or he fought us. He fought us. No, I, I did, Megan, I did absolutely nothing wrong. And well, that's, I wouldn't even be talking to you if I thought I did. What's crazy is you're really accused of keeping documents and not turning them over when you were allegedly required to. But you're not accused of destroying any any documents. No, I didn't do that. Hillary or giving Clinton them, or giving Hillary them Clinton destroyed documents yeah. while yeah. under subpoena, while under yeah. subpoena, and wasn't even charged. Never mind, didn't face four criminal tri trials. That's right. Does it make you angry? Yeah. When I saw the mugshot, I said he's angry, and I get it. Yeah, that no, makes me angry. So Hillary Clinton got a subpoena from Congress, which is your highest style subpoena. That's the ultimate subpoena. After she got the subpoena, not before, she didn't do it before and oh gee, I didn't know. That's right. She got a subpoena. After she got a subpoena, she burned and acid washed 33,000 emails, okay? And nothing happened to her. Nothing happened to her. And Comey got up and he said, here's what she did. And she, he went through all these crimes. And he said, but no reasonable prosecutor would ever prosecute. Well, I did nothing. I did nothing wrong. And they prosecuted me. She burned and literally acid washed, bleach bit, they call it. Very expensive process. Nobody does it because it's so expensive. Then she took her phones and they knocked the hell out of them with hammers. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. She took her telephones and they're knocking and nothing happened. Yeah, there's a double standard in this country and the people aren't standing for it. Yeah. People get it. <laughs> the rest of my interview with Donald Trump, next. Guess what costs Americans about $11 billion a year? The flu season, which is right now. Kids get sick and miss school. Parents miss work and then get sick too. And now you can add in COVID variant 10,000 to the mix on all of this. That is why you should consider checking out EnviroCleanse for your home, the new science in home air purification. EnviroCleanse works to capture and destroy flu and COVID viruses from your home, plus bacteria, toxins, mold, and allergens. We had mold down at the beach. They told us to get one of these. 
EnviroCleanse technology is so powerful, it was chosen to purify the air systems on board Navy ships and subs, helping to keep our servicemen and women healthier. And I want to tell you, I got you a 30% discount. Limited time only, though, so act now. Go to ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Use the promo code MEGAN when you get there. Promo code MEGAN at ekpure.com. Now, part two of my interview with former President Donald Trump. You said to Hugh Hewitt you planned on testifying in your own defense at at least the Mar-a-Lago documents. All of them. I'll I'll do all of them. I mean, I have no problem with uh, talking about any of it. Question on the legal expenses. Uh, The report of the year PACs have spent 40 million bucks so far defending all these cases. Some people worry, how's he going to run a presidential campaign if all the Republican donations are going to fund the legal fees, which get more expensive when you have trials. So, well, that's why they're doing this. They have not only that, I have civil cases that are funded by them. They have a woman that I never met other than I guess I took a picture with her 25 years ago with her husband on a celebrity line, uh, a woman that I never met. And she sued me. She wrote a book that I took her into Bergdorf Goodman into a room and did bad things to her. I said, where the hell did this come? I never, I have no idea who this woman is. She's got a little picture of herself and her husband standing on a big celebrity line, shaking my hand, like from 25 years ago. She didn't know the date, she didn't know the location, she didn't know anything, she didn't know anything. And an unbelievably hostile judge to me. In fact, she did an interview with Anderson Cooper. When you watch that interview, I'm a totally innocent man. They, that case is financed, and you probably haven't heard this, by the Democrat Party and Democrats. She was recruited by some Democrats to bring She was recruited by Democrats, that case. And it's, it's such a violation of the law. It's so, such a horrible thing. I have other cases, civil cases. I, wait a minute. Speaking I have civil sir. cases where, Dem- and the reason they're doing it is they want to take as much of my time because they don't want to run against me. Just so you understand. But can you win? Can they you don't win want to run all against. the money is going to the lawyers instead of, you know, rallies and well, get out the vote efforts? Fortunately, I have a lot more money than that. But a lot of money goes to lawyers. And I help other people because other people get dragged into these things and we help a lot of other people. These people would be destroyed if we didn't help them. We have to help them. What about the people who are saying, well, I'm just going to give my... I, Ron DeSantis needs to get this or Tim Scott should win because... Then the money I donate will go toward... Well, I will say this. uh, In the meantime, nobody's talking about them because it's only time to talk about me. You know, I've had that before, in all fairness. Nobody's talking about Ronda Sanctimonious. Nobody's talking about anybody. They're only talking about me. The Quinnipiac poll came out just before I walked in. I mean, it's 62 to, like, almost nothing. These people are at nothing. You have Asa Hutchinson's at zero. Why is he running? You have Chris Christie's at two. Why is he running? You have these people are very low. Nikki Haley's very low. They're all very low. Ron DeSantis is very low. Ron DeSantis is at 11 or 12, and I'm at 62. I have other polls where I'm in 70s, and he's in the, you know, twos. Why do you call him Ron DeSantis? Why do you call him Ron DeSantis? Sanctimonious. Sanctimonious. But the reason in Sanctus is DeSantis is just sort of an abbreviation. Um, He was running left Congress was running for the governor of Florida. He was being decimated. He had no chance. He was uh, wiped out. 
And he came to see me. I didn't know him very much at all, but what I did know is that he was on television along with 150 other congressmen, Republicans, that talked about impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and they'd say I was innocent. And they turned out to be right. By the way, those two, that phone call was perfect. My Georgia phone call was even more perfect. But the phone call was perfect with all the stuff. You once asked me a question, what about the phone call? It turned out not only was it perfect, all of the stuff that's happening now shows that Donald Trump was right on that phone call when I spoke to the president of Ukraine. Anyway, Ron DeSanctimonious comes in and he said, could you endorse me? Because I think I could win. I said, Ron, you're so far behind. You don't have a chance. You're, you're dead. He said, but I didn't know. He was running against uh, the man who was the secretary of Ag agriculture. I think his name, Adam Putnam. And he was up by 30 or 40 points. It was over. It was over. He said, if you endorse me, you're so popular in Florida. If you endorse me, I will win, I believe. I say, you know, I think if we brought back Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, I don't know if it's going to help, but let's give it a shot, okay? Because I didn't know Adam Putnam. In retrospect, perhaps I would have endorsed him instead because I wouldn't have had to do much endorsing because he had already, it was one. The thing was over. He was already measuring the carpets. So what happened is I endorsed him and he became a rocket ship. And he ended up winning a primary very shortly thereafter for, by a lot, you know, by a landslide. Adam Putnam, it was like a, it was like a bomb went off, wait. And then he said, I'm not gonna win against Pullum because he was, if you remember, he turned out to be a crackhead, but yeah. he, was, he was a very popular um, person, running, a uh, good looking guy, running African-American, running for governor on the Democrat side, along Stacey Abrams. He and Stacey Abrams were the two hot politicians in the Democrat party. So polls were looking bad for Ron. I said, you know what, Ron, we'll do two or three rallies. We'll do Trump, big, beautiful Trump rallies for you. I'm gonna get you in. And I did, I guess a couple, maybe three, uh, big, big, beautiful rallies. I said, you're gonna win. He said, I don't think so. I said, you're gonna win. I'm telling you, you're gonna win. Anyone, okay? And then four years later, they said, would you run against the president? He said, I have no comment. I said, he said he had no comment. That means to me he's running. So I started hitting him very hard. Some people said, sir, he's a Republican. You shouldn't hit him. I said, no, I, we're going we're gonna to hit him very hard because he's very disloyal. So when I say sanctimonious, uh, that's what I mean. He's uh, a very terrible thing, I think he did. You know, I'm a loyalist. I'm a loyal person. Here's another thing. A lot of the consultants, you know, these great genius consultants, you pay them all this money, they don't know anything. They said, don't bring it up, sir, that he was disloyal because the people don't care if he was loyal to you or not. I said, I think they do. I was right. So I've driven him down to almost nothing. I don't even think he's going to be in second place much longer. But second place is like 60 points below me, 60 points. The poll that just came out, in fact, the commentators were saying, this is crazy. Yeah. This isn't even a race. No, you're way ahead in the, on the Republican primary contest. Like, excuse me, like nobody's ever seen before. Let's talk about the actual general election, though, for a second. Okay. This is the second I'm way most, ahead of Biden also, by the way. This is the second most requested question okay. that my audience had for you. Everyone knows you think 2020 was rigged. How are you going to unrig it okay. in 2024? I get that question a lot, too. Look, they use COVID to cheat. They cheat anyway, because how can you win elections, open borders, high taxes, high interest rates, no voter ID. I mean, everything they do is like April Fool's Day. It's the opposite, okay? They have horrible policy. They're only good at cheating on elections. You want to know the truth. 
And I get the question too. We have unbelievable people and we're gonna be fighting like hell. Because if I don't win the election, meaning this philosophy, this thought, but if I don't win the election, uh, I think our country is finished. I think it's the most important election we've ever had. If I don't win this election, like you talk to me about all of the different prosecutions, these aren't prosecutions, these aren't indictments. These are Biden indictments, these are different. This isn't God coming down from high and indicting you for, this is crooked Joe Biden, he's crooked as a $3 bill, he used to say $2 bill, but we have a few of them around. <laughs> uh, he's a crooked guy, he's a crooked politician. And he said, indict my political opponent. So when they say, you know, it's very interesting, the press, first they start that way, but then with time they say, oh, well, he's under indictment, no. These are all Biden indictments, including the DA's office. You know, he put his top guy in the DA's office in Manhattan, and everybody says it's not even a case. I mean, it shouldn't even be brought. You've yeah. seen that, you've heard that, you probably- I've said that. Okay, it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous case. But they put, he put his top people in the DA. He's dealing with Fannie Willis in Atlanta. It's all a hoax. I know, but, but, but here's the thing. No, but here's, it's very who, important for people to know Because Republicans this. are bummed out. They're thinking, I'm not even going to vote. Forget it. My vote's not going to no, count. It's just the opposite. They're, you know, I don't, they're going to get it they're by the mail-in ballots again. They're going to vote in numbers that you've never seen before because they see what's happening. Should and they do the mail-in? Should the GOP voters do the mail-in? Okay, here's what we can't allow. Yeah, I would, I would say let them do it either way. You know, I'm less on that. I like the Tuesday stuff, but then you see what happened to Carrie Lake, where all the machines were broken, or a big portion of them. Wouldn't it be smarter to bank some vote before well, no, you could, but day? the problem is they throw the votes out. I mean, it's crooked. We have a Wait, 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 so be clear. What is the message to the voters? Do you want them to do the, the uh, vote in, the mail-in vote, or no? Everybody, people say yes, do it. I, we have a bigger problem. I believe they send in fake ballots, okay? That's the bigger problem. That's your third problem. I believe they send in a lot of fake ballots. And when you look at some of these elections, in Pennsylvania, I was leading by so much at 9.30, and they, all of a sudden, voila, they happen to find a lot of ballots. Our elections are crooked, our elections are rigged, our borders are open, our country's in trouble. Our country's in trouble, and now they're arresting and indicting their political opponents. You know what this means, what they did? If I won, I could say, oh, let's see, who's running against me? Uh, some Democrats run, oh, he's very popular, because I'm leading Biden in all the polls, just about all the polls, by some very, very big numbers. I could say, oh, I don't want to run against him. I call my attorney general, I say, will you do me a favor, indict him for something? Yeah. And. The good thing with me, I have a voice. So I can sit here with you. I can sit here with other people. I can at least, a lot of people don't have that voice. You know, if they get indicted, that's, they're out of politics. They have to announce within an hour that they're going to drop out of the race. That would be the norm. But what they've done is they've made this like the norm. I can sit there and say, well, you know, I don't like this guy. This guy's beating me in the polls. Indict him. But this, this is, is very, a very dangerous this thing. This is very thinking. scary for you because... You're facing left-wing judges. You're facing some likely left-wing juries, yeah, at least three out of the four. Yeah. There is a realistic chance you could go to prison. Um, Can you see that happening? You know what, My ad I have a great attitude. It doesn't affect me at all because uh, I'm fighting for the country. I'm fighting for the people. I'll tell you what, uh, the best poll numbers that anyone's ever seen, I mean, these poll numbers yeah. are so good and it makes me feel good, but I think we're gonna win the election no matter what happens. I think because the people know it's all fake. Again, 
These aren't indict- these are Biden indictments. This is an this is a guy that is grossly incompetent. I don't even believe it's him. It's the people, the fascists that surround him. Because I don't believe he's smart enough to do this, if you want to know the truth. Do you think he goes the distance? Do you think he actually will be the Democratic I don't. I can't imagine. I watched him yesterday. Uh, he couldn't put two sentences together. I can't imagine. I mean, look, Washington Post came out today. He shouldn't do it. And it's not an age thing. It's a competence thing. He can't talk. He can't talk. And, of course, he has to debate, I guess. I hope he's going to debate. I'm going to debate. You know, I don't want to debate people that I'm 60 points up on because what's the purpose in doing that? Does that mean no presidential primary debates for you? Well, I don't see it. Look. None? When you're leading, why would I do it? How about do the one just re- just before Iowa? Do it. I'll moderate it. Yeah, I know. I, I appreciate that. You know, like, <laughs> like you did with the Rosie O'Donnell. Would it be a deal breaker yeah. for you? Look. Would it? Look. Would the, it? The people want <laughs> the people want a smart president. A smart president that's leading by 60 points. Ronald Reagan didn't do it. Nixon didn't do it. Nobody does it. I mean, if you're leading by, why would you do it? You get for the voters. You Just get people, them. and then I have a somewhat hostile network. You, you know, see I mean, it. frankly, I have a little bit of a hostile network. Like you asked me a question when you were moderating the debate for Fox. That, frankly, if I didn't come up with the answer only Rosie O'Donnell, I would have had a problem with that. That was a bad question. That was a great question. That, no, it was a nasty it question. Was awesome. You know, there are questions that are, it's not that they're not answerable, but no matter, if you're Winston Churchill, he was very good at the You data. handled it well. Your poll numbers went up. I'm not Let's saying that. No, it. I got a little bit lucky. I came up with a good answer. But can I tell you, there are questions that you can ask that no matter how good you are at debating, no matter how you could be the greatest debater in the world, I get great credit for that. Some people say I won. I don't think I won because of that. I think I won because I had a great record and people knew me. You know, they knew me and they knew me on The Apprentice and they knew me in terms of development and stuff. But there are questions that you can ask that no matter who it is, the answer is never a great answer. You know, there's never a great answer to certain questions. And I could give you 10 of those questions right now. I just don't want to. (laughs) Let's talk personal for a minute, if you don't mind. Um, haven't seen a lot of Melania lately. How's she doing? And how's Baron doing? Because I know he's senior in high school now. Yeah, he how's is. He's doing really well. He's in school. Uh, she's doing very well. She's very strong, very, um, very even keeled. And she's a very good woman, as you know. Uh, she was a very popular first lady. I mean, I go out to rallies and they have pictures of Melania with We Love Our First Lady with so many posters, you know, where they're in the audience and they're, because we're getting big people. We had the biggest rallies we've ever had. Can we you had, believe they never put her on Vogue, on the cover of Vogue, yeah, and they just they just put yeah, Karine Jean-Pierre was, in there? No, can you believe it? Can you believe it? She was on the cover of Vogue before she met me. Yeah. And during, but once I said I'm running for president, that was uh, that was the end of the cover. What's a typical dinner It's, like by the way, and it's so sad, because, but she doesn't care. She's been on the cover yeah. of the magazines for a long time. And she was on the cover of Vogue before. And she was actually very friendly with Anna Winter. But once I ran for politics, that was the end of that. And that's okay. She's very, uh, she's a very calm person. It's very interesting. And I think that's what people like about her. Uh, dinners are nice. Dinners are like other people's dinners. You get along. We get along. We actually get along very well. What's happening with Barron? Is he going off to Barron's, college? And yeah. how do you choose one? Because they all hate all Republicans, never mind one named Trump. Barron's a, a very good athlete. He's very tall. He is tall. How tall is he? About six eight, and 
and he's a good kid, you know, he's a good looking kid. He's a, he's a good student, great student, actually, very good student. You want him to go to Wharton? Where do you want him to go? No, we're, I, we're thinking about that right now. That's, those are the things we're talking about right mm. now. What do you think, Melania is so mysterious to so many. Yeah. What, what do people misunderstand about her? Well, I think part of the beauty is that mystery. Do you know, I was with Barbara Walters. She was a great friend of mine and she was an amazing person. She interviewed me many, many times and uh, I was on her most exciting people of the most fascinating people of the year. I think more than anybody else. I mean, she was, I was on there a lot. This was even before politics, right? But Barbara was unique and I said, so you've interviewed everybody. Who is the one that you would like to interview more than anybody else if you could have? She said, that's easy. I said, who, Greta Garbo. I said, you want to interview Greta Garbo, why? Now she was a great actress, but you know, I want to be alone. She goes, I want to be alone. And uh, she had a great beauty, but she was, very uh, reclusive and never did an interview. I don't say Melania is like that, but she is a much more, you know, she's introspective and she's confident. She doesn't need to be interviewed by you to get ripped apart for no reason. She doesn't need to be out there. She's got confidence. She's got a lot of self-confidence. The people really like her and she was a really good first lady. But, you know, she did the most beautiful job in the Rose Garden. She rebuilt the Rose Garden. It was beautiful. No, it was gorgeous. And got good credit for it. But she did Christmas trees, too, every Christmas. Did the most beautiful job. Oh, I know. And they, and they of course, criticized her, even though Okay, so she did a red trees. They were so beautiful, they killed her. She did uh, a different blue, beautiful tree. She, they killed They said, baby, do me a favor. Go with a green tree. She did a green tree and they killed her. Why weren't they red? It was much better. And then she did a white tree and they killed her. Of in course. That. All right, so last question. You mentioned- But Barbara actually Walters. they were beautiful, yeah. And the most fascinating person. That's got yeah. me thinking. I was thinking about you recently, just getting ready for this. You, you were pretty much universally liked or loved yeah. before you got into politics. I mean, you were known all over the world. You're a big celebrity. Everyone knew you and liked you. It just, you weren't controversial. You didn't think so? I thought I was. I don't think you were that controversial. I mean, I, I'm from New York. In yeah. New York, everybody loved you. Yeah. Um, no, I had, yeah, I had. Not like now, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, okay. So, apologies. So you could be going you know, into your. You have to your, do the right thing, right? Yes, but you. And could, that makes you controversial. You could be going into your 78th year, enjoying this beautiful golf course, yeah. Mar-a-Lago, your lovely family. No. Um, you don't have to be running for president, sitting for four criminal trials, some civil, and possibly looking at jail time. No. Is it worth it? Yeah. Uh, make America great again. Our country's going to hell. Our country's going down. You don't realize it. I don't believe you realize it. But our country's going down. Our country, and I used to say we're going to end up being, if we don't do certain things, we're going to end up being Venezuela on steroids. How about... How about we're buying oil now from Venezuela? How about that? We're making Venezuela rich. Okay, think of it. The people running Venezuela, which were total enemies, what we're doing is so crazy. We're not using our oil. We're making Venezuela rich. But the country, I believe, has one last chance, and that's this. This is the most important election we've ever had. You know, I used to say 2016 was the most important, and it was a very important election, and we turned the country around. We had the greatest economy in history. What we did is incredible. We knocked out a lot of enemies. We got them out. I 
took everybody out of these crazy wars that nobody wanted to be in. Even the other country that was protected, they didn't want us spending trillions and trillions of dollars. But our country's going bad. Our country's being destroyed. When you look at our cities with what's pouring into our cities now, they can't handle what they have. And um, I brought our country to a level that just prior to COVID coming in, and then I did it again because I built it again and the stock market was actually higher when I left than it was pre-COVID, which is like unbelievable. But we had a country that was actually really coming together because of success. I was getting calls, Megan, from the most liberal people. I would call them radical left, wanting to get together. And then we got hit with COVID. Our country was coming together because of success. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, women, men, people with degrees from MIT, from Wharton, from Harvard, people with no degree at all, people with no high Everybody had great jobs. Everybody was making more money. And people were coming together. People wanted to see me. They wanted to meet people that normally that wouldn't take place. And I realized that success brings this country together. But um, we are, I say it in my speeches, we are a nation in decline. We are really a declining nation. We're a nation in serious, serious decline. And I think I can turn it around very fast. So um, I agree, I could enjoy all over the world. I have the most beautiful places in the world. I have the best of everything. And, uh, but I, I actually like doing this because of the fact that I see something that we have to save our country. You know, I have the expression, make America great again. And I was going to stop using that. I was gonna, it was gonna be called keep America great, keep America great. But such destruction took place over such a short period of time, I had to go back to make America great again. Because America, our country right now is not great. Our country's in trouble. Our country's left at. When President Putin of Russia uses an example of going after your political opponent, that's, that's the greatest thing could ever happen to him. What they're doing to our country is so bad. Uh, our country has never been this disjointed and this disunified. And, and wow. it started with President Obama. A couple times. It started with President Obama. And uh, it's now at a level that nobody's ever seen before. The, uh, you know, the two sides, you have two sides. But I believe that our side in the, look, I represent everybody. I, as president, I represent everybody. So, but I believe that uh, the people that love this country and that want to make it great again, that really want to make it, uh, you know, sustainable, because it's not sustainable right now. Uh, I believe they far outweigh the other side. And uh, so when you say, would I like to be at uh, Turnbury in Scotland right now? Or would I like to be at one of the many places I have, the, the, the greatest places? I may never see those places again. But I think this is very important. I think that we're gonna save our country. I think we're gonna win the election. I'm beating Biden by a lot. I'm beating the Republicans by numbers nobody's ever seen before, but I'm beating Biden by a lot. And I'll turn it around and I'll turn it around fast. Good luck to you, Mr. President. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, what'd you think? Uh, you can email me, Megan at megankelly.com with your thoughts. I will tell you, 
from my perspective, I thought it went very well. I thought he did very well uh, and he withstood some tough questioning. I did not go easy on him. I didn't like with DeSantis. The goal was not to emerge with Trump's jugular, as some would like to have seen. Um, I thought it was fair. Right. There were like some questions for him, some questions for me. Uh, and that's, I think, how it should go. There should be a good flow to any big interview uh, like with a former president. And I give him a ton of credit. I mean, you tell me, could Joe Biden have done that? Could he have done five minutes of that? Just five minutes. Never mind an hour and 20 or however long Trump and I were together. It was almost an hour and 20. Uh, he couldn't and he wouldn't. And where is the mainstream journalist who will even ask him tough questions? Where are they? President Trump didn't expect me to go easy on him. He knows me. He knows. He knows we have a history, as you heard. And yet he came, he gave me more time than he had originally agreed to. Originally, they were saying 45. He kept sitting. He didn't wrap it. He didn't say, get her out of here. Even though I was, you know, needling him pretty good on some of those subjects. So I just like, this is the way it's supposed to work. This is the way it used to work. It used to work like this, where those running for the highest office in the land used to subject themselves to tough questions. And Trump, he could stay underground. He's not. He doesn't need to do those primary debates. He's not wrong about that, much as I'd love to see it. Never mind moderate it. Um, he doesn't need to. So the fact that he gave the time because he could he could pull a Biden. He could go underground. He could be under a rock. But he puts himself out there. And I do think he deserves enormous credit for it. Uh, he's, you know, as I say, didn't have to. I just want to say one thing quickly. Can I just compliment my team? Because if you guys had any idea the amount of research that goes into preparing for an interview like that, you, I mean, it's night and day. And uh, all the producers on my team, when we got ready for DeSantis, there we started a separate text group called DeSantis Research. And then with Trump, we had a separate one called Trump Research. And everything, everything, hopefully you know this with me before I go out there, it's all been fact-checked. I do my homework. Um, and when Trump says something that's not true, you as the anchor have to decide whether you're going to fact check him or whether you're going to let this one slide and let the audience decide or let the online fact checkers go at it. Because, you know, if you fact check every little thing that you disagree with or that you could fact check on, you, the interview would go five hours. You can't do that as an anchor. You're going to bore the people at home and you're going to waste valuable time. Entire subjects won't get covered if you handle it like that. Well, as the anchor, your job is to sit there and sift through it. You know, you're thinking real time, separate the wheat from the chaff. What's what's important? Do I want to hammer on this or don't I? And it's thanks to my team that I'm able to do that. You know, like I know all the stuff thanks to them. So I love my team. They're so committed to facts. They are not biased at all. All they care about is truth. And they do a great job of making the show look good. I'm very grateful to them. Um, I thought it was interesting. Trump is still he's still focused on the debate question from August of 2015. And he I don't know why, you know, is he still mad about it or does he just want to talk about how well he did in answering it? Because he did do well. He did do well. That that answer he gave about Rosie O'Donnell got huge applause and his poll numbers went way up after that debate. So I think he's still a little ticked off that I asked it. And I know a lot of people didn't like it. As you heard in the exchange, I loved it. But onward, as I said to him, onward. Um, one bit of color for you behind the scenes. So. Here in the studio, I yesterday I'm sleeveless, but it doesn't matter what I, I could be in a turtleneck and I basically keep it around 76 degrees inside. Right, Abby? 78, she said, 78. You know, I don't sweat. I don't, it's a medical condition. I have no idea, but it's very hard for me to like 
sweat and feel uncomfortable in the heat. I'm always cold. Hemmer and I used to war because he'd be in those heavy wool suits when we co- when we co-hosted America's Newsroom. And I'd be in some fox polyester dress with no sleeves and I'd be freezing my ass off. Anyway, so now it's my studio. I can do what I want. It's wonderful. Pretty much everybody around me sweats, though. <laughs> so if I have a guest coming in, I, I turn it down to like 70. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is Trump is way more in the Hemmer camp. You know, he's a man. He's wearing a wool suit. Um, and he likes it cold and he's the star, not me in the interview. And so he's doing this. He doesn't have to say yes to this interview. So, and it's his place. So he gets to choose the temperature. I mean, I turned blue almost as soon as I show, showed up. Does anybody know what Raynaud's is? I have Raynaud's where like you lose the circulation in your fingers, your fingertips. They were white. They were like white as snow. I had no circulation in my fingertips. And it was to the point where I... My, my, one of my tech guys, Jake gave me hand warmers, except my dress was kind of small and there was no place to put them. Right? <laughs> like, like, and you're not supposed to put them right on your bare skin. So like I, you know, one day I don't have a pair of spanks on. So I'm like, I think I might like burn my bottom. I might have hot cross buns, but I just stick them under there. So I, <laughs> so I was just holding them, waiting for him to get there. We waited for like whatever, 15, 20 minutes. And then he came in. Was, my teeth were chattering. And all I could think was, I'm going to look like I am shaking like a leaf in this interview. People are going to think I'm nervous, but I'm really just freezing. I'm freezing to death. It felt like astronaut training where they start taking away your the, your core body heat and other essential elements of living to see if you can continue to perform. <laughs> anyway, Trump was very gracious when he saw that I was cold. He asked if I wanted more heat. And I said, no, no. You know, it's all about you. I made it. I made it. Uh, but it was just just a bit of color of the behind the scenes things that go on. Uh, all the lighting looked good. And Trump, he's still a TV man. He knows exactly how he wants the shot. He knows how he likes the lighting. It's quite helpful, frankly. Like he was like, get rid of that Diet Coke bottle. He didn't want things in the background of the shot. You know, he wanted it to look good and he wants it to rate well uh, and be received well. And I hope that's how you experienced it. Anyway, let me know what you thought. Megan, M-E-G-Y-N, at MeganKelly.com. Up next, Victor Davis Hansen. He's been watching the whole thing. He'll give us his reaction, and we'll talk about Joe Biden weighing in on his own impeachment inquiry. Millions of Americans earn and use credit card rewards. A few big box retailers want to take those rewards away. That's according to the Electronics Payments Coalition, a sponsor of today's episode. Rewards you may use on groceries and school supplies, cash back to save on gas and grow small businesses, and travel miles to make memories. Well, the so-called Credit Card Competition Act would eliminate credit card rewards. No more travel miles and no more cash back. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com to learn more. And if you want to help them, tell your legislator to stand up to the retail giants and to support consumers and small businesses. Joining me now, Victor Davis Hansen, a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution and author of the must-read, The Dying Citizen. VDH, what'd you think? I thought he, uh, I thought your questions were very fair. They were tough. And uh, you would not know from listening to him that he's been in the political arena since 2015, and he's eight years older. Because he's seen, I don't know how you felt, but just watching you interact with him, he's very vigorous. He's very on top of the issues. Uh, I wish 
that he when he said that he's way ahead of Biden in the polls, <clears throat> I wish that were true. But according to NBC and the Hill Quinnipiac polls, YouGov of the last week, he's dead even with Joe Biden. Now, maybe he meant that being dead even, given the liberal nature of these polls, means he's actually ahead. He does mean that. He, yeah, he he did. Yeah, he said yeah. that to me privately, and, and he's yeah. he's not wrong. I mean, like no, that, he's not wrong. There was just a Messenger he's, Harris poll released yesterday that showed among all voters, Trump with 44, Biden with 43, 13% undecided. But that is remarkable when you consider all the stuff that's been thrown against Trump. It is. And it's the $64,000 question, are these polls 2020 polls or are they 2016 polls? In 2020, they were more or less right. In 2016, they were way off. And so that's that's uh, somewhat, um, I, I don't, I was interested in what he said about the debates. He's right. In classical terms, it's smart not to go in there, especially when they're gunning for him. And he doesn't have control of the people who are there. And he's got a lot of people who have zero chance and shouldn't be on that debate stage where they're only to take him down. But the problem that I see with avoiding them is, number one, the, to be on that stage, you have to say that you're going to endorse the eventual nominee. And by not going there, he's saying that he's not going to, and if he should lose, doesn't look like he would, but he's not going to endorse the person who wins the nomination if it's not him. And then maybe the others will not do uh, give their endorsements to him and reciprocate. But beyond that, I don't know what the strategy is on all of these debate nights, because he had a really good night with Tucker and huge ratings, maybe a rally, but there's a shelf life on all of that. And because he does debate very well, and because the only the only image of him is in the new that we get in the news is basically in the context of he's being indicted and often the mainstream news, print media, social media is negative that you really don't see him in action like we did with you. And so that's a very good formula, but I don't know if he can just do a debate debate with Tucker, a debate with you, a debate with each person uh, in lieu of not going uh, onto the debate stage. It might be good at some point to remind the people that he does answer questions really well and he's not afraid and and they can see what his ideas are because he's seeding all of that space I know it's not it's classical good political strategy, but I don't know if he has an alternate scenario that gives him attention other than the courtroom, and that's and or nothing. Why they're debating, and so I think well, you know that's the, a, that's he has be a, a unique challenge. opportunity this time around because he's you know fifty sixty points ahead. I mean the, the numbers are crazy. That that Quinnipiac poll, he's up fifty over DeSantis, yeah. who's the next closest with twelve. He's got sixty two. DeSantis has. 12. Uh, the Messenger Harris poll, he's got 59. DeSantis is next closest at 11. So that's up 48 or up 50. My God. Um, so he's got a unique position there because he doesn't have to show up. He's already said he's probably not going to show up. And so he's in a position to tell the RNC, I, I'm not showing up unless I like who's moderating it. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, it, maybe if you get me a fair panel, I'll come so that I'm not fighting both the guys on the stage and the guys sitting behind the desk, right? Maybe. And so if he could find, you know, a panel that he knew would ask him tough questions, but wouldn't be unfair to him, it could be an opportunity. I don't think he's that worried about Chris Christie or DeSantis, right? No, I just, it's no, an opportunity I for him. I, and I, think of all, I think he won every debate, maybe except the first presidential debate when he got, I think, bad advice, advice from people like 
Rudy Giuliani and Christie to try to rattle Biden's cage by interrupting. Other than that, he won the second debate with Biden easily. He won the primary debates. And it's a good chance for him to sh- to beat Donald Trump in front of everybody. And I think, I don't mean that necessarily for the nomination, but for the general election, because there's only so many venues he's going to have to remind people that he's adept. And he, he's very quick. You know better than I do. He's quick on his feet. He's got a lot of charisma, but when you take yourself out of that arena for, for understandable reasons, you have to come up with an alternative that's sustainable. And these interviews are very good, but he he's actually does even better when he's with other people. And and you can compare well, you know why, his Victor, reactions to we, others. It, it's not not to compare him to Vladimir Putin, but what one of the things that the Russian people love about Putin is he's strong. They love a strong man. And I do think that's one of the reasons why Republicans love Trump. He's strong. He doesn't just fold like so many of these other Republicans in years past. And where's a better place of demonstrating that, right, than on the debate stage? Well, I was sitting with some people who were not Trump supporters in 2016. And I I don't want to characterize the exchange exactly because my memory is faulty. But I do remember Rand Paul made a statement and said Donald Trump represented the the unfortunate nexus between business and money and political favor. And without a beat, Donald Trump said, yeah, I do. And you came up and you wanted 10,000 or so dollars and I gave it to you and you've been kind of complacent (laughs) and compliant ever since to me. And traditional politics would have said that's suicidal. But with him, everybody in the room just started laughing and said, this is the first time I've ever heard a politician talk like that. And so yeah. that he, you, I don't know if he wants to surrender that arena in the way that he's doing right now. I know he's being advised to, but I'm not sure that because I think the other thing is he's absolutely right, of course, that these are all political. They're synchronized both uh, with individual prosecutors are synchronizing them and the campaign event year. So he's going to have gag orders, court appearances, delays all through the period. But I'm not sure that he has a strategy or if there is a strategy, how you defeat a left wing judge, a left wing politicized grand jury, a left wing actual jury, a left wing community, a left wing uh, media in Atlanta, New York, Washington, Miami. And what what is the strategy to make yourself viable? Because if he's going to if he's reduced to being incarcerated or inert, he can't do what Joe Biden did as a NERC campaigner in 2020 because he had the media and he just outsourced his whole campaign, stayed in well, his basement. But, but if, he did but say something Trump, interesting on that. So convicted and in jail, that's one thing. That's one thing. But yeah. he's not going to be convicted and in jail before the before November 2024. And at worst case scenario, if he gets convicted in these cases, they're going to go up on appeal. No one's going to make him go to jail pending appeal. I so hope that's true. It'll all come I, down. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But um, it was he gave an interesting answer when I said, well, what about the people who are worried about donating their money only to have it go to your legal defenses as opposed to get out the vote or campaign rallies or what have you? And he, he kind of said, no one's talking about those other guys. They're only talking about me. And he's right. Like, I think he's he was tapping into something we've discussed on this show before, which is the yeah. indictments, the criminal trials are the new controversial statements he said about gold star families. You know what I mean? It's the new thing yes. that yeah. dominates the news cycle because he, he doesn't really shock us anymore. But this is another way of sucking up all the oxygen to first block out the other Republicans and then potentially block out Joe Biden. I know it's weird, but I, I see what he's saying. 
Yeah, he is. The only thing that I think is that ulti- I, mean, I think it gives him an enormous advantage in the, the primary. But when we get into the general election, the forces that are arrayed against him, both the lawfare resources, the administrative state, the media, he's going to have to get a, a strategy. And, and one of the best strategy, of course, is offense. And we'll see what Joe Biden um is facing. But Joe Biden has a very sophisticated strategy to get out of what I think is a pretty solid corruption case. He has a defense in depth where he says, I didn't talk at all about this case with anybody my with the business. And then when that is proven false quickly, he says, I didn't enact or I didn't involve myself in the business when that falls apart. I didn't profit from the business. And he's going to go on and on. And then he's got the administrative state. I mean, we're not going to see a Jeff Sessions type of situation that appoints a Robert Mueller that happened no. to Trump. We're going to get we're going to get a biased administrative state, and they are not going to let these four thousand plus emails get out if they can help it. That are going to probably be incriminated with the pseudonyms. They're going to try to fight Donald Trump and his efforts are every, all the way along. Uh, not just Donald Trump, but of course the effort to prove the truth about the Biden family. He's also got Kamala Harris, and that's a very good argument. All he has to say is to the insiders in and out of government, you may not like me. You may think I'm corrupt, but I, if I uh, don't finish my term, for example, she's, she's going to be president, and she's going to run as an incumbent. Do you want that? And yeah, how that's hard another powerful. Yeah. So he's got a, he's got a lot. Of, Biden has a lot of um, resources that Trump does that I think I think Biden is clearly far more culpable than anything that Trump did. Trump, we, we're not an ironic or maybe an Orwellian situation where Donald Trump was was impeached for something he didn't do, but which Joe Biden actually did and was not will not be impeached for. That's what the irony is about the first impeachment. But Biden has a lot of resources because he uses for all the talk about Trump is tyrannical he's, that the left uses. He didn't use the administrative state nearly as much as Joe Biden, the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, and that helps Biden. And then he has the media in, in his corner in the way that they were adversarial or even, uh, I don't know, conspiratorial against Trump. And of course, he has. All, there was always the idea if anything happened to Trump, there was Mike Pence. And he was acceptable in a way Kamala Harris wasn't. So... Uh, it's going to be a very interesting next year and a half, but I think the people around Trump have to get a strategy of how they're going to go through these, turn these things to to advantages. Because every time, I guess what I'm saying, Megan, is every time we say, and you and I have talked about this, they won't go into Mar-a-Lago. That would be so. That would be such a precedent. You're not going to have a guy like Alvin Bragg dig up, you know, campaign finance. You couldn't have this crazy woman that really barely knew. Trump uh, file a lawsuit. She couldn't win. You're not going to put Peter Navarro. They're not going to do that. That would be crazy. They're not going to have Latita James go after real estate assets and sue him for $200 million on the part of New York. We're not going to have Fannie Willis going back to the and Jack Smith, given his record. But every time we think that, they do it. And they're shameless about it. And mm-hmm. I think I think we should start to assume that that they're capable of anything and anything is possible. And so I'm a little bit more pessimistic about their ability. They're like, uh, he's like Gulliver and they're little Puchins, but they do have strings to tie him down. 
Mm, it's it's scary. I, mean, I I understand his anger, as yes. I said in the interview. Um, I do too. Just want to do a, a quick a quick fact check on one exchange Trump and I had, where he said he did not say that he would send special forces and military assets across the southern border. He did, in fact, say that. He said it in January of 2023. That's why I asked the question. Here's a soundbite. The drug cartels are waging war in America, and it's now time for America to wage war on the cartels. I will order the Department of Defense to make appropriate use of special forces, cyber warfare, and other overt and covert actions to inflict maximum damage on cartel leadership, infrastructure, and operations. So he denied saying it. I mean, uh, clearly that was a policy speech he gave. I think Republicans want to hear him say it again. You know, like, I don't think you yeah, should back I off of I, it. I realize it could be fraught, but I, I think you should embrace it. He should. Ron DeSantis has been really vocal, and that was one of his campaign signature positions. He's going to go after the cartels anywhere they do damage to us. I also didn't understand. I know that he had a personal relationship with Obador, but Obador is behind all of this ultimately. Obrador is the one who, remember, said to the expatriate community in the United States, do not vote Republican and do not vote for Donald Trump. And so I don't I don't quite understand why he's protecting or he says he has a good relationship with Obrador. Yeah, because he's a deal maker. Really tried. Right. To he's a deal lot. maker. Yeah, he's a deal and maker. He, he I, thinks I, if I he understand maintains that a good Kim relationship. Jong-un. He he can get the deal. Exactly. All right. I want to get this in. Cause, forgive me, because we're yeah. up against the, the clock. Um, President Biden addressed the impeachment inquiry that's now been uh, commenced against him speaking at a fundraiser wasn't on camera. So I'll just read it to you. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know quite why, but they just knew they wanted to impeach me. And now the best I can tell, they want to impeach me because they want to shut down the government. (laughs) Victor, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. They want to impeach him because Devin Archer, Tony Bobulinski have testified he got money that IRS whistleblowers have said almost the same thing that an FBI whistleblower says there's a document that Victor Shokin said he took bribery that an oligarch who was the head of Burisma said that he has 17 phone calls, two of which Biden was involved in discussing quid pro quos that we have a laptop where his own son said that he was uh, 10 percent the big guy and that he was tired of giving half his income wherever that came from, to Joe Biden. So there's a lot of evidence there, and he knows it. Mm. Um, He's also, well, I mean, he's also going to have to deal with the fact that this just breaking, uh, Hunter Biden has now been indicted by special counsel David Weiss on these federal gun charges, three of them, uh, after his plea agreement on the tax and the gun charges fell apart. Again, this is like, I I really... (laughs) No one's going to be impressed by this. This David Weiss had to do it after he tried to give the guy immunity and he got caught by that judge. Anybody who thinks this shows that David Weiss is actually, you know, to be trusted, hasn't been paying attention to David Weiss. But now the media is going to run with this like, ooh, they really yeah. see they're they're independent. They are. But I think it's a very funny game that uh, Hunter is playing. I mean, given all that scrutiny, why did he contest a palimony suit? Why did he start painting? with this obvious shakedown right when he was uh, under scrutiny with the Biden family? Why did his lawyers threaten to bring the president of the United States and really embarrass him to testify that he knew nothing about this? Why was there cocaine found? You think that nobody in the Biden family would have anything to do with it? 
So you, there's a very strange relationship with, and you can get the anger that he has on the on the laptop against some of the Bidens. And I think he's basically telling them, if you're going to, if I'm going to go down, I'm not going to just keep quiet and go to prison for the rest of my life. And I think they know that. And that's why they bring him into the White House. They put him on, they do not want him uh, endangered. And that's why they took so much effort to make sure that he was going to get off until recently, at least. He's, he's a loose cannon. They know it better than anybody. They're keeping him close for a reason. And, yeah. you know, we yes. saw that even when he, we found out he threatened the prosecutors in this case. Like, if you bring me in there, I'm going to make my dad a witness, which he knew they he wouldn't want. Yeah, yeah, he would have. Keep your so, enemies close. Yeah, keep your enemies exactly. close and Hunter closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next thing you know, Hunter Biden's sleeping at the White House. All right, Victor Davis, yeah, well, such a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I want to tell the audience, uh, thanks to all of you two for submitting your questions. They were great ones. I really appreciated it. We're going to cover more on the Hunter News tomorrow when we have Rich Lowry, Peter Schweitzer, and Candace Owens. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. 